Welcome to the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. I'm your host, Nathan, and, I, and I'm here with Tristan. He's my co-ghost, excuse me, my co-host today, Tristan. Welcome to the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. Oh, it's, it's, it's good to be here in the good old Coffin Cast. Here, we're live and on the air. Can, can you just uh, just do in your spookiest and eeriest voice of welcome to the Industry Horror Coffee Cast for all of our industry horror ears out there? Well, I could probably do the good old creep keeper. Welcome to the Industry Horror Coffee Cast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he pull it off. <laughs> right. I don't know how that creep keeper... Crypt Keeper pulls it up. All right, well, Tristan, tell the industry horror hears on what movie we are going to talk about, or I guess for your case, maybe is it is it a Tristan tear apart kind of day, or is this just a Tristan? Uh, talk let's about say I'm just tearing apart one of the pieces of movie flaws, and we're talking about uh, different kinds of movie subject. It's called Space Jam: New Legacy. Uh, let's let's first uh, talk with. Uh, Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell, and then we'll get to Space Jam: New Legacy. All right? Oh, that sounds fair to me. So let's talk about that—the final Hammer film of Frankenstein for a bit. Yes, we shall. Which, by the way, I was just thankful that I could just watch most of the trailers for the first five movies, and then could just watch and and be able to catch up. We. <laughs> Because otherwise, I thought I was gonna have to to watch probably eight hours and twenty minutes of movies, you know, just yes. to know what's going on, you know. <laughs> you know, when I saw the the movie Frankenstein Monster from Hell, it is probably the the final good Frankenstein movie from Hammer back in the seventies. And I, I do believe it's also the final one as well. Yes. All I can say is that the fact is it is part starring Pierre Cushion into the uh, last as the Victor Frankenstein, including Dave Prowse who played the monster. Yeah, Dave Prowse is he actually the guy who played Darth Vader in Star Wars? I knew that name sounded very familiar. That's right, he played Darth Vader, and he actually got the. Played a monster, which turned out he got out of the, like a zoo. That looked like a freaking ape man. <laughs> yeah, or they might as well call this movie Frankenstein. The what the heck were man. you thinking? <laughs> but the whole the scenery now is not taking place in the castle, not in the village. It's more like a insane asylum. Well, I, I yeah, it's an insane asylum, but I'll give them credit. At least they do give some dignity to some of the characters that are in the insane asylum. I can't say the same thing with with the handling of mental illness. Uh, you know, with the 2020 movie music, but oh yes, that one as well. But yeah. <laughs> Either, either way, when I saw Pierre Cushion playing Victor Frankenstein yet again, for some reason his hair like kind of st- stupid looking on him, and that wig gotta go. <laughs> I didn't realize he was wearing a wig. I thought that was actually his hair, to be honest. <laughs> yes, 
it does look like I don't know, a cockatoo. <laughs> it looks like a cockatoo's head. And I just want to reflect that monster again. Like, it got a face like a human being, but the whole body looked like a freaking side squash mixed with eight man. You know, to be honest, for, for like a couple of minutes, if I ended up watching a different movie for a second, I'm like, am I watching a werewolf movie somehow? Uh, no, it's not. It, it's a Frankenstein film. Yeah, but but with him being so hairy, I thought somebody was going to transform into a werewolf. <laughs> but apparently, uh, in a zoo, he took one of the pieces of the ape and put some weird bald head with little hair on it. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> All I can say, it is of the good final of Frankenstein film, in my opinion. It it certainly did a good good send off to the Frankenstein series for Hammer. Yeah, it yeah, it, it certainly was. I mean, this was the the first Hammer film production in, that I've watched. Yeah, in it was the first one called Curse of Frankenstein. Yeah, and then, there was, and then there was Revenge of Frankenstein. Yes, there, uh, then there, I, I'm trying to figure out what the other one was called. Not, not I know House of Frankenstein doesn't count because it had to be Peter Cushion in it. Oh, Evil Frankenstein, that's the third one after the Revenge of Frankenstein. And then I think there's something called Frankenstein destroys us. No, it just uh, must be destroyed. Then must there, Frankenstein right. great woman. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it sounds like one of those satire or you, you know, but that's actually the title. That's actually a title for one of these movies: Frankenstein, creator of woman. <laughs> yeah. Um. Another thing is, there are several characters in that movie with Hans, like three times Hans in the movies. Like Revenge of Frankenstein, there's a character named Hans, then Evil Frankenstein, then a character named Hans, and then the creative woman, it actually featuring Hans yet again. Here's different Hans names. Oh, I didn't realize that. As I said, this is my... I mean, I should have realized that. I did watch some of the trailers, too, uh, before... Oh, yeah. Um, surprisingly, the monster from Curse of Frankenstein played by Christopher Lee. So, according to the, the history about this, it turned out Peter Cushing met Lee the first time, which in Curse of Frankenstein, before they do it Dracula. Yeah, that's, that's, very, that's very interesting with... Uh... It, it's interesting to have both actors and the first time they meet each other and they, these are well-respected actors, it's in a, a horror movie, you know, of all things. <laughs> but you got to start somewhere, right? Oh, yeah, you got to start somewhere at that point. You got to start somewhere before you start with the other Hammer films. Yeah. And I think that Hammer production is one of my favorite horror companies back in the 60s. Yeah, blood, gore, blood, and gore. 
Also, they kind of even go a little bit risque sometimes, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. They always get... You well, know, not always. Game. Not in this one. But, I mean... <laughs> you know, when I saw Frankenstein uh, must be destroyed, it was so weird. Like, Peter Cushion was, like, to, to lock in this, this girl in, in this room, and she has to, like, give her her key, and then she'd throw her in bed, and then completely go manhandle on her. But according to Taryn Fisher, he said, one of his producers say, let's have, like, sex it up. I go, like, we sex it up. That's not sexy. That's disturbing. <laughs> I mean, especially with uh, one of the Frankenstein movies, they they had Peter Cushing be engaged, and then he has a rendezvous with the maid. Look. Oh yeah, yeah. The rendezvous with the maid. Then well, there's a simple solution to that for during our time. And that is role play, okay? Have your engaged. Yep. If you're really into that kind of thing, hey, no, no kink shame here. But I, you know, simple solution: have your engaged. Yes. Have your engaged soon to be wife. Be a maid. Role play so that way you don't go like. I just need some, you know, a little bit of excitement, you know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, another thing I need to address this because um, I think that that's the thing about they try and add it to the novel in the first of Frankenstein My Hammer. Oh, it was... Like, it very close to it, like the monster attacking the bride, that happened in the novel. Oh, the Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, or did they actually uh, write? Um, they take uh, loosely based on the novel of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. So, I was just I was just curious about that because the monster look is not like the because they're trying to stay away from Universal because they own the rights to Frankenstein name. Yeah. Because they made the monster from famous, so they can't use stick bolts around their necks. They have to use something else because, again, Universal own rights to the Frankenstein monster looks. Right. So, shall we tell people uh, what the plot is? Because when you first watch the movie, if it, if you were a uh, first time viewer, like I was, I was kind of confused because I was wondering, where the heck is Frankenstein? <laughs> you oh, know, Victor Frankenstein. Okay, so turn out he was pretending. To By the way, there will be some spoilers ahead, people. So if you haven't seen the movie, please watch the movie and then come back and listen to this wonderful review. Uh, review, yes. Okay, go ahead. So, are we continuing on the the Frankenstein and the Monster from Hell? Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, one of the characters I think is not Paul, thank God, or Hans. I forget what the main character was. He was like taking the mentor of Victor Frankenstein, becomes a new surgeon, be like him. So it turned out he was end up being incarcerated, end up in asylum until he met his hero out of nowhere. And the thing is, he said, "Okay, we need some new body bags to create a new life." And then I saw it. Apparently, the zoo. This is this is the monster. Oh, the monster from hell. He looked like from hell. 
Yeah, <laughs> and and pretty much with with Victor or I mean it's Baron von Frankenstein, but he goes by the name of Victor. But if you need the the plot to be summarized, it's basically Victor. What are you thinking here? What are you thinking here? Yeah. It's basically having use the body of a of a person that you know was a, on a red placard on a red placard, you know, and like oh he tried to kill the director of the of the asylum, but no big deal. Well, we'll just use his body, yeah. and then and get the brain from the professor. And then put it in that body of a, of a that wants to really want to harm people. It's it's just Frankenstein. What are you thinking? What what are you doing? Did you really think this through? <laughs> you know, no, he never think it through. He just said, "Okay, I'm making a new creation." Because the the thing about Hammer films, they only focus on Victor himself rather than the monster. Yeah, and and also, and also they have a Sarah, which you think is a mute character, you know, throughout the whole thing. I mean, Madeline Smith does a great job with with being expressive and even giving like kind of subtle character development in in a way. If you give it a second rewatch, exactly. If you rewatch it, you'll you'll figure out how, how much the character development for minor characters. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy on how because everyone would think, oh, you don't really have to, you know, from an acting standpoint, oh, you don't really have to talk, you don't have many lines. But if you don't have many lines, but you're in almost pretty much every single scene in this whole entire film, that's really difficult. Oh, exactly. Like, if you're going to make a new the final Frankenstein film, you got to go out with a big bang of, of the franchise. And and they certainly did. I mean, I don't know where you could go from Monster from Hell. I, I mean, you would think, I, I don't know where to go from Creator of Woman. I, oh, I can't believe that's an actual title. <laughs> And then they have the professor, and it turns out the professor is actually, I, I think, Sarah's father, turns out. Exactly. Shall we go to spoiler territory, or shall we? Yeah, we, we gave a spoiler alert ahead of time, but we'll give another spoiler warning just in case. Yeah, Sometimes last people, chance, folks. Yeah, People on podcasts, you know, they skip on ahead. Like, I just want to get to the good stuff, you know. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> okay, let's say the ending. It's so bizarre how the monster died. The inmates just grab the monster by the neck, and then they're pulling chunks around his body and yank all his whole limbs and body, and now he decapitated. And now, like a gel puddle of blood and guts. I mean, they, they were just very fortunate that there wasn't any glass around, to be honest, because otherwise, he could have easily just. Simple as that. Yeah. But there was no glass around, so he, he could. <laughs> they, they couldn't think of what to do. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein Monster from Hell. It's a great classic and cheesy ending. I mean, I, I don't know. If I was a retro, like, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to... How I would how I would end this how the monster I I think the only way I would have it be is ironically the monster from hell gets killed by shards of glass in a way like maybe and then there's some glass for some strange reason and trying to get out and they're able to break through and then shards of glass just starts coming down on. On a monster, but that would be just me. I'm I'm one of those uh, poetic justice kind of people that would. That's what I would have done if I was directing the ending for this uh, movie. Have it ironically end up being killed by shards of glass. Yeah, uh, I would. <laughs> I still believe the inmates is, is a great ending to like ripping the monster to bits by bits. I. I wouldn't have seen that coming, to, to be honest. Like, I could probably watch this movie maybe a tenth time around, and I would probably still not see the ending coming. Because it just comes out of nowhere. Just wondering, how are they going to stop? We're, we're past hour and a half, Mark. How are we going to... Oh, okay. So everybody just rips apart the monster. All righty, then. Instead, the end. And then having, because there's a, the, the character's name is actually Simon Hilda, I do believe. Dr. Oh, Simon yes, Hilda. Yeah, name, Simon. Yeah, yeah, Dr. Simon Hilda. <laughs> and he's, he's talking, like, it, we're near, kind of the, near the climax of the movie. And he's talking with, with, with Victor, which is Dr. Frankenstein, and he's just going, thinking of, I should have this be mating. And he is like, oh, but what do you have in mind of who he mates with? He's like, oh, I'm, thi I'm thinking Sarah. And when you think, like, what Oedipus did we get ourselves into? What? What? <laughs> he wants Sarah to mate with the monster from hell, which has the brain of her father. Oh, yeah, this is just <laughs> not right. What? You're just like, what? What, what kind of movie is this? You may ask. You're like, what? That's all you can say is what? I mean, you want to say some other expletives, but you're just saying, what? No, seriously, what? <laughs> exactly, you're just you're like, what? Are you kidding me? But Shane Bryant, who plays Simon, does a great job in this movie as well. I mean, all of, of the majority of the cast does a great job. And, and of course you have the director being killed, but I mean, if you have the name Adolf, you know, uh, <laughs> what else do you expect? <laughs> Yeah, this is what you get from that movie. The the insane asylum. The I like to call it mental asylum, but they really did say insane asylum. 
director's first name was actually Adolf. And the bizarre part, they don't even mention the name of the director in the credits. They just say Asylum Director in the credits. <laughs> uh, still one of the greats. But the problem is when people are trying to find the whole movie genre of the Hamburg Frankenstein novel, I mean, novel, I mean, films, they're all different companies who distributed by Hammer. Oh, so it wasn't just Paramount Pictures. At some point it was Lionsgate. Wait, not Lionsgate. MGM, sorry. I knew there was a lion in it. My bad, MGM. <laughs> yeah, Lionsgate, one of those. Um, what else? There was the... Uh, yeah, Anchor Bay, one of those people. I know it wasn't Disney. Disney did. There's no, no way Disney, Disney had no idea. There is no way. No, no. <laughs> I think did didn't Warner Brothers also distribute one of the movies as well? Oh yeah, they did. They did with I with Curse of Frankenstein. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's one of them. Uh, so yeah, again, the Hammer Frankenstein films are really good. I highly recommend you guys check them out if you get a chance. And let me see with my rating, rating, I usually, what would be the best way to rate this? I rated uh, four and a half uh, Frankenstein's monsters out of five. What? Well, that's a lot better than I was going to rate it with. I was going to rate by Brandine since they kept on showing Brandine in a lot of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're going to rate something, like, give it, like, I'll give four bats out of ten or something like that. But, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm just thinking because originally I, I wrote three and a half. But it look to be honest, if I was this movie was scary, but not as scary as we as thought. I thought it would be. But this movie was still scary. <laughs> it, it it really not that scary when you got old enough and say, Oh, this is pretty good. Like it's not that terrifying, I thought. It more like a cheesy and great 60s. Yeah. I I mean, you give it a four and a half. I'm sorry, I can't go as far with you on that, but I'll give it at least three and a half. To me, it's a three and a half. I, because it has great acting. Don't get me wrong. It has great acting, but most of the story is just what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> but I'll, I'll give it credit. They find ways to make the story kind of make sense. You know, but how are you going to make sense as someone that's trying to make, you know, make life in, yeah. in general? <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever you do, it's just, you got to figure out 
what you do next for the series? Hold on. <laughs> so let's move on, people. Let's move on to our next topic of movie. I'm gonna rip the shreds. Yep, this is a segment. Tear it up. Tristan's tear it apart. Which I'm talking about. Get my little destruction button. <laughs> Space Jam New Legacy. This is probably people wanted this for years and years of trial and error. And we got it. Space Jam Mostly New Legacy. advertisers wanted this movie. <laughs> <laughs> So, I finally watch it on good old websites on HBO Max. Thanks to my friend, let me borrow it. And my and I gotta say, this is a complete waste of my time watching this. The reason why I say, I say it's a waste of my time because, again, it's a father son story, like saying the father say, "I want you to be an NBA star," and then the so I'm going, I want to be a professional gamer. Go, no, 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 you're being a basketball player like me. And then what happened next? They went to this Warner Bros. server. It's like a big server. I think one of the main character villains, played by Don, Don Cheadle, then pushed LeBron James into the world server of Warner Brothers and end up with the Looney Tunes with the Looney Tunes art style. And then when they saw Bugs, and he said, oh, one of my, my whole character, the Looney Tunes? Oh, they go their separate ways through different servers. So, there I thought, what the hell is going on in this movie? Like, we agree with me, Nathan. I mean, I, I would never think of Granny and Speedy in the Matrix universe. <laughs> yes, the Matrix universe. And Daffy want to be in the Justice League with Superman and Batman. Well, it kind of makes sense. He wants to be seen as a hero and wants to have the spotlight. So that kind of makes sense. Yes. And then Bahar Leghorn, he ended up, for some reason, in Game of Thrones. Missed opportunity for Gone with the Wind. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then Elmer Fudd end up in the Austin Powers, but they, they just retake the, the scene from Austin Powers, something else. All I can say, that's a pretty clever idea, Warner Brothers. And then it has Sylvester be the hairless cat. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't notice that. Thank you for mind. Like, how did he hairless, and somehow still still there. Yeah, even Elmer Fudd is like, what are you doing here? That's you? What the heck? <laughs> so, now, they get to one of the most last of the Warner Brothers characters, which is actually a Lola bunny. And for Lola, it's pretty interesting to me. Now they're giving her like a Wonder Woman-style story. And if you not notice what she said, been there, done that, that's take basically from Space Jam 1, she meant referencing. 
So yeah. And then when they finally got rid of all the characters, they missed one more person out of task. And guess what? He's been sent by Rick and Morty people. And- I, I, to be honest, I I mean. I would be one of those people to use Rick and Morty, but I didn't think they would <laughs> use Rick. And... I mean, but then again, how else are you gonna bring the Tasmania Devil into this? I, I mean, yes, <laughs> for because and you notice that Rick and Morty is not for kids. It's not for kids. It's for adult swim people, and they brought it in just for the hell, hell of it. I mean, if it if it's a best-selling product, put it in the movie. See how how let's see how that go. Let's see how that long last. Oh, you can you can have this badger back. Yeah, I don't know how we're doing this. He just he just creep me out, man. <laughs> That's Rick and Morty for you people. We love them and we we support Rick and Morty. Go watch season five. Rick and Morty. It's coming on every Sunday night. Night Raptor, Tuka and Birdie. So, now he got all the teams for LeBron teams. Now the Toon Squad reunited. And then Don Cheadle said, okay, let's do the upgrade and make them half live action, half animated characters. And then Don said, Oh, say hello to the, the, the Goon Squads, not the Monstars, Goon Squads. A.K.A. we just watched a Futurama, that Futurama episode with the Harlem Globetrotters and Professor Farnsworth was trying to find the, make an ultimate team to face the Harlem Globetrotters. Yes. So we just watched that and we kind of put it here in this movie. Yes. <laughs> it's like, oh, like, let's, let's just copy and paste the idea. Like, you got, I think was some giant uh, bird man looked like one of the NBA players. Would actually turn out Google it and actually look like one of the characters, one of the basketball players for the Lakers. Yeah, Anthony Anthony Davis. They yes. they they yeah. called him the Brow. Yes, not the. I thought the the guy who played Chewbacca, but it's not. <laughs> Anyways, and then you got this, this uh, a snake woman. Yeah, they 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 called her the White Mamba. Uh, she's supposed to be, I do believe it's Sue Bird. I do believe that she. But I think they didn't use the the NBA women NBA uh roster to copy the look. Yeah, they. I'll give them credit. They they used NBA and WNBA. I'll I'll give them credit with that. You, you know, I'll, I'll give some props. Yes, and especially the Spider Woman, not to confuse for Marvel people, a basketball Spider Woman. Which and I then think then also... you have war, war, what went hot? Basically, a fire and ice. Yeah, it, it's Clay Thompson because the Splash Brothers, you know. So yeah, it makes sense. Then you have, I believe, the Game Breaker, who is like the time robot. Think. Yeah, that's Damian Lillard. Oh yeah, they say he's probably the most broken care broken basketball player ever. He, he can stop time anything. 
But LeBron said, no, no, we're playing actual basketball game. Act like a real basketball, not loony. And, but I just want to address this. Like, the whole crowds, they're all based on Warbrook's property. If you guys know it in the background. Like, make this a ready player one kind of thing. Like you try, get- try to think of this. I'm, I'm going to give the general sense possible with this movie. Okay, so think of that Futurama episode that I just mentioned a couple of minutes ago. And mixed with Space Jam, mixed with the plot line of Hook, because let's face it, it's the plot line from Hook. Yes. And Ready Player One. Yes, because Player Ready Player One had all the Easter egg. You guys recognize the background if you see it. Hammer Bearer character, you see King Kong, you see the later recent uh, Warner Bros. films, all in that crowd. You notice that. You could play the guessing game. You can play all the bingo cards for this. If you, if any of you ever do watch this movie, please watch the background with the Batman and Robin. Uh, Mr. Freeze. I mean, give credit where credit is due. He's He's and, just having the time of their life. Especially Pennywise in the background. Yeah. Pennywise is okay. <laughs> Guys from Clockwork Orange are okay. Pepe with Pew. Oh, no. Oh, no. Pepe had, yeah. He had to get the poop. <laughs> Including the Clockwork Orange people. Yeah. <laughs> I understand they had to get rid of Pepe with Pew because... And we had to accept the, the times where we're in people. We have to be respectful for women's and we respect them. Is that right, Nathan? Yes, absolutely. I agree with that. Have respect for women, have respect for men, and re- have respect for MBs, and whatever the heck you want to call yourself these days, we have respect for all of you. Yes, exactly. So after Granny did this, Again, back in the film, Brandy did this awesomely badass tackle one of the players, like the Matrix style. Freaking force push him, then revert his time to very old man and score a point for everybody for team a tune score. Yeah, and they added even a senior discount, <laughs> which I got my people. That's pretty funny. And then when break time, they said, we got Michael Jordan. They're like, oh, God, they're bringing Michael Jordan to pass it towards LeBron. But it's not, people. It's Michael B. Jordan, the actor, not a basketball player. So, so much for passing the torch, guys. But I did chuckle a little bit. And then LeBron said, okay, let's get Looney. And they did all the Looney Tunes stuff, slapstick against the other basketball team, which I got to admit, that's, it's good. Some funny slapstick I actually liked. And then we got to the dreaded halftime part. My God, it's terrible. Just terrible. Because it's pop culture reference, people. We're going to see Porky Pig rapping. And the other character looks like a hip-hop gangster. You can see it. 
at your local market for $100. Well, remember, there, there were shirts with those designs, you know, back in the 90s, too. So, I mean, I think they were just trying to hope, hopefully nostalgia, market it, boom. And be Got hit it. with the kids. The kids with an extra Z on it. The kids. Get the kids. You got to get the kids. The kids. You love this movie. Okay, maybe we got to stop saying kids. Otherwise, we might get FBI, open up. Oh, like this. FBI, open up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyways, back to the film. Yes, let's get back to the film. <laughs> so LeBron James said, "Okay, we we got this." We can, and then Don Cheadle said, "Okay, let's bring Gone and Dom to it as the Goon Squad replacement of the the Clock Guy." And it's like he said, "Like throw the ball up the air," and then and LeBron said, "You gotta be kidding me!" Wait, he got Kong. King Kong? I think so. It's just like, you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> oh, God. So, and then Don and LeBron talk a lot when they're playing basketball, and then Don, and then LeBron said, okay, I accept what you want to do. Then Don Chio said, okay, time for me to play. And he become a super side base basketball player now. So the same side that the Monstar, I mean, not the Monstar, Goon Squad, excuse me. Then, they do show the, the Monstars that are the, that they, they call the Nerglocks, right? Nerglocks? Yeah, only Nerglocks made cameo people, so they're your hopes. When yeah, Nerglux... but basically they kind of rotoscoped in, in a way. They, they rotoscoped them into the movie. That's basically what they did. <laughs> so, after all of that, the, the Buck said, okay, we're going to glitch the system so you can make the dunk. And they glitched the system and Don Cheeto and the others, they're all froze up except for LeBron and Dom. And LeBron makes the shot and the two squad win. Typical of that. And then Bucks did died at the end. I got they can't kill off bugs. Come on, people. He's gonna come back. I'm gonna call it. Then moments at the end is it bugs it eh, what's up LeBron? Oh bugs, you're alive. Yeah. Come on end of the real world. Might I crash here for a bit? Sure, why not? And that's it. That's the entire Fade Jam New Legacy. And so, I actually have a curious question, Tristan. Yes, go ahead. Seems that you are, I'm not going to say expert, but at least you know and are familiar with the Looney Tunes. I do familiar with Looney Tunes. They're back in the 1930s uh, when they become less popular than 19. 19- 40s to 50s, they become major popular back in the, in the 50s and 40s. And like the greats, like uh, Bob McKenson, Chuck Jones, and Clooney Fritz Freeling, all the three of Mount Rushmore of Looney Tunes uh, creators. 
and and then early generations and generations and they become perfect for all the the kids enjoy especially the 2000 eras right right and if you were to somehow what would you make the plot be about for the Looney Tunes? For, for a movie. For a, a movie? For my own movie? My own movie of Looney Tunes? Yeah. So, I've been thinking about, like, bringing, like, basically the tribute to the Muppet movies. When all the Muppets separated, then they said, oh, let's bring the band back together. It's kind of like the Muppet movie without... The, the whole basketball, all the kind of stuff like that, bringing back the whole group again and do their own slapstick on stage. With the help of a new Lincoln character, which I'm thinking about right now, like they did with the Muppets. If you have you, if you people seen the Disney version of the movie of the Muppets, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know, I know the one you're talking about. It had Amy Adams and Jason Segel. Yeah, that that's the movie. Yeah. So, let's talk about the, your idea for the, a Lunatic movie. What's your opinion on that? My idea would be because a lot of people uh, with with the underrated uh, Looney Tunes back in action. And at some point, Daffy running around the studio lot. Not exactly a full feature length movie, but I would have an idea of making a short film so that way they could show before all their other HBO Max movies. Oh, oh I, uh, I know what you're talking Running about. around the lot, and I would call it Slate Jam. Slate Jam? Yeah. You know, one of those clappers, they're called a slate. So, Slate Jam. Okay, speaking of uh, jams with Looney Tunes, there are actually several cancellation Looney Tunes movies that you guys never heard of. There was even one with uh, Tiger Woods. They were trying to get Tiger Woods. And it turned out Tiger Woods wasn't, wasn't popular until 2004. And then, unfortunately, got less popular <laughs> later on. But then became popular again. <laughs> yes, and then including... Before New Legacy, there was Space Jam 2 in production, featuring Michael Jordan returning with the Looney Tunes get new villains are called Berserkos. Oh. And and guess what happened? Michael Jordan, the basketball player, he declined to return. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I think the reason why he didn't want to return because the first one is a classic and one of the best basketball films. I think he's also just kind of tired of maybe, you know, being brought up. I know it sounds weird. Maybe being brought up about basketball and maybe just wants to enjoy his retirement, you know? And, yeah, and spend time <laughs> with his family. Yeah. But if you did not notice that, according to people who hated the movie, including Chuck Jones himself, saying that <clears throat> Buck can easily handle her Nerdlux by himself. So we got might some had some critics. Some people enjoyed it. Some people hated it. 
for me, in my opinion, the original Space Jam is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. So, anyways, now we got another interesting. It called Spy Jam, featuring Jackie Chan in it. And guess what happened, people? That ship not sail at all. Jackie Chan refused again. And here, the biggest cancellation of Spit Jam sequel is it's called Skate Jam with Tony. Tony Hawk himself, people. That's right. Tony Hawk was planning to be in a, his own movie called Skate Jam with Bugs and the others. According to Tony Hawk himself, when he did Instagram Q&A, he actually said, oh, I got a call from Warburg, one of my agents, say we're doing a Skate Jam movie featuring you. And I go, oh, it's great. I Because I love the Warner Brothers. I love the Looney Tunes as a growing up. And I can't wait to do this kind of movie. So it was going to release in 2006, but unfortunately, thanks to the financial failure of losing back in action, and Tony said, "Oh, I got no calls from the Warner Brothers, and because the losing to back in action box office bombed, and I think that's now canceled." And and that's the story about that that cancellation of Skate Jam, but. What's your opinion on that uh, kind of sto- story about Tony Hawk said on, on his Instagram live stream? Uh, I I didn't see his uh, Instagram live stream. Oh, but I, I did tell you about it. But that, I mean, it stinks, you know, because especially having someone. Number one, that is well-known. And number two is a really big fan of the Looney Tunes and feel that that they could do some do justice, you know, for the Looney Tunes. Yeah. I mean, it stinks to have a project canceled and you look forward to it and it's like, sorry, the project is canceled. Yeah, yeah I, I couldn't believe it. Why? Because it's just the, the failing of the Looney Tune back in action is the problem of that production. Well, Looney Tunes back in action, they have the Looney Tunes, you know, they have great moments with the Looney Tunes, especially when they're at the, the Louvre, <laughs> especially. That's very true because you have, because Joe Dante, he actually the director of that film. And he said, quote unquote, hated Space Jam of everything. Really? Joe Dante didn't like Space Jam. So huh. he, when Warren Burr asked him to make a new, his losing movie, he's going to call it the anti Space Jam. With no, you know, he quote, he's not making anything at all, including one of the Disney. Uh, biggest veterans of animation hand drawn was Eric Goldberg was in charge of character animation. Yeah. And and then would Joe Dante reply about his failure of that Looney Tune back in action movie? He said, Well, it's still better than Space Jam. That is Axel quote from Joe Dante. But 
So now it's been over years now, we finally got our new Looney Tunes movie, A Space Jam New Legacy, the true sequel to Space Jam. And or at least a marketed sequel to Space Jam. Yeah, well, like I went to the Nike website to see if there any Space Jam New Legacy merchandise, including the short and the jerseys. They are expensive, man. They're called like one hundred twenty dollars. If you're Jeez. willing to get all that, that means you're you're good buying LeBron James merchandise of Space Jam: The Legacy. <laughs> like I didn't buy this stuff, but I did look at it. I just like my mouth would just jaw drop. Like I am not paying for this. Uh, but again. It's good. I I was even though it was shocking they brought Lilith but Bunny back because I know she's returning characters on the first movie. Like and I have her voiced by Zendaya, interestingly, instead of voiced by Katsuchi, even though yes. Katsuchi was also voicing some characters as well. Also, do you notice that in the first movie they made Lilith Bunny sexualized? Yes, I noticed that, and a lot of Instagram noticed that. Oh, God, Instagram people. What? I'll put these Instagram people. We're not attracted to bunnies. We're attracted to other people. Don't expect that happen in that, folks. Uh, and then, so they decided not sexualizer in New Legacy. I think that's a slight improvement to fix. So, it's it's okay movie. So, beforehand, I do want to talk about this show. It's called Looney Tune. The Looney Tune show aired on Cartoon Network back in 2010. And all I can say that show it basically like the Seinfeld of animation. Before you ask, no, there's no Jerry Seinfeld. The whole crew returned to as as the characters. It's not. No, I, I wasn't going to ask that, but I was also wondering why didn't they ask Kristen Wiig to probably voice well, Lola Bunny, you know, exactly. for Space Jam. She she does have a the not recognizable name as she used to, but I mean, it's well enough, you know. Everybody, oh, Christian Wig, you know? Yeah, but they want they want to have the same person like in Space Jam, the first one, not a loony version of Lola. That's true. Okay. Because I love that Lola in the Looney Tunes show. She's funny. She's a dorky but lovable character. Yeah. But everybody got their own taste, and my taste is still the Looney Tunes show. And I, I, I love the character portrayed in that series. I know people hated it, but for me, I love it. Don't shoot the messenger, people. So overall, Space Jam New Legacy, it is good for kids. For If you're a young Space Jam lover, that's great for you. For older fans who love the original Space Jam, you're going to be slightly disappointed. It's just a tiny bit. So, as for ratings, I give it 
three basketball out of five. I didn't see the movie, so I can't really rate it. I'll probably watch it at some point, just not right now. But <clears throat> oh, oh yes. But anyways, thank you very much, Tristan. I really do appreciate you know being my co-host today for the industry Holocaust. My pleasure to be here for you. Because in case you want another movie that can rip the stray, you know the guy who can call. I know who to call. Tear it apart, Tristan. Yep. And not basically not like grind my gears, but you know me, people. Trust me, people, you are going to know a lot of them because he's going to be the co-host for the Industry Horror Coffin Cast, and we're going to have a lot more co-hosts coming up. So don't worry about, do I really have to listen to that Nathan guy again? Don't worry, there'll be other people coming on. So thank you all very much for all you people for the Industry Horror Coffin Cast. Take care, people. As we close the lid on this episode of the Industry Horror Coffin Cast, I really do appreciate all of you industry horror hearers and casual listeners out there. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on podchaser.com. Also on Stitcher Podcast, you can actually leave a review and also leave us a rating as well. If you do listen on Stitcher Podcast, please leave us a review. Give us five stars. We would really do appreciate it. And also, this episode is brought to you by Industry Horror. Industry Horror is a nonprofit that employs autistic adults and disabled people in the trades of silk screen printing, making stickers, inventory. And also clean washing screens and even clean squeegees. And also employs people in the industry horror store as well. If you have any sticker needs or silk screen printing needs, no matter how small or how large your business, please do contact industry horror. Dot com or industryhorror at gmail.com. If you have a suggestion for a review, please contact industryhorrorcoffeecast at gmail.com. You can also contact the social media of Instagram of industryhorrorcoffeecast. Just look for at hearse and you know. Also, you could stop on by the store off of 518 East Main Street in downtown Ventura. Thank you all for listening. So long until next time.